Welcome to day 12 of the 12 days of podcasts here at It's The Real. This series of 12 perfect episodes is brought to you by the good people at Def Jam. Jeezy's got a new album and it is great. If you like Jeezy to be Jeezy, listen to track 5 called This Is It. Or track 12. Or track 7. Or even tracks 1 through 4, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 13. Because Jeezy is always Jeezy, all day, every day, including all 12 days of these 12 days of podcasts. Happy post-Hanukkah. Merry pre-Christmas. Go celebrate all day, all year on JeezyShop.com. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Day number 12 of the 12 days of podcasts. We made it. We made it. And here we are, Jeff, still standing, still operating, still breathing, and still not even Christmas yet, but it's the holiday season. It looks like Christmas downstairs in our lobby, and 12 days of podcasts ends today, but the podcast continues, obviously, next week and into the new year. Thank you, everybody, who has been supporting this podcast through all of 2017. Yeah, I mean, our numbers, so we doubled from 2015 to 2016. Cool. We doubled again from 2016 to 2017. Cool. I don't think math is on our side this time. That's a lot of doubling. Well, listen. But you want to know what? Let's let's take that challenge and blow it out. 2018, let's double what we did in this incredible year. We had a whole bunch of fantastic guests. Today, we have another one, Shy Glizzy. But before we get into that, the first thing that you guys should do as 2018 approaches is get tickets for our upcoming live show at SOBs on January 10th, 2018. We'll be there. <laughs> We will be there that it is our show. Yeah. If you guys know our 2017 track record, we brought 10 Rockefeller pillars together on one stage. If you know our 2017 track record, you know we sold out SOBs without any album out. If you know our 2017 track record, you know we went to Los Angeles and put on an amazing show out there. And if you know our 2017 track record, you know we brought DJ Semtex out to London, a market we had no business being in, and killed that shit out there. So... If you are a betting person, bet on us. It's the real. The show is called It's the Real, Two SOBs. It's happening at the SOBs nightclub where everybody has touched that stage. You know, it's 2 Chains and Kanye and Drake and John Legend and a whole bunch of young kids from Florida who do SoundCloud rap. And these two guys right here, we're It's the Real. We are two SOBs and we're ready to get 2018 started the right way so you guys help us out let's sell that bitch out it's the is where you go get your tickets tickets are available right now they make the best christmas present and the best start to a whole new year and speaking of great starts to a whole new year let's end this one on a good note with our friend shy glizzy dc zone who has Maybe one of the best verses of the year, one of the most energetic verses of the year on Crew, the song by Goldlink. And and we talk about that on this podcast in great detail. And we also talk about a lot of other stuff like losing his father at a super early age. We talk about finding his own voice, which he said he didn't even find until like right now. Yeah. We talk about him refusing to sign to any label, but Lior and Kevin Lyle showing up at his doorstep to sign him meant a whole lot. We talk about working with everybody from Young Thug to Pee Wee Longway to Young Money Yawn, GS9, Fabulous, and Trey Songs. We talk about raising his three-year-old son in his own image. Yeah, and also the TV shows that his son watches. There's, there's a lot here. It's a great episode. We're super happy to end the 12 Days of Podcast with this episode. 
Shout out to Shy Glizzy. Shout out to everybody at 300. Shout out to you guys for listening. Again, go to itsthereal.com right now and get your tickets for our upcoming show on January 10th, 2018 at SOBs here in New York City. Jeff, great job by you with these 12 days. Great job by you over the course of the entire year. When do you want to get into this? Right after one, I have to now thank you and say, you know, great job editing. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, yeah, all that. All the whatever. Um, yeah. But I do want to say that we are back on Tuesday with Mayor, the shoe guy. Another new episode? Another new episode. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Jeff, when do we get into this new episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Fire in the Booth, a.k.a. Sonny Corleone. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Freak in the Sheets, a.k.a. Casper. And it's your boy, Young Hefe, home. Yeah, and it's a waste of time, but it's the real. Yo, Shy Glizzy, what's happening? What's up, man? Everything's good. Yeah. We were just going over uh, all the platforms that your music is on right now, mm-hmm. and you are international. Yeah. <laughs> you're everywhere. It's got to feel pretty good that you're on, yeah, like, definitely not just Spotify film. and Apple Music, but also on Deezer. Yeah, you guys just hit me to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on, like, what has to be just an amazing year under your belt, right? Like, 2017 is probably the best one so far? Um, the best and the worst. Why the worst? I mean, it's a couple ups and downs, but okay. definitely the best year so far. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago you were up here, you were at uh, Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. That was your first uh, TV performance. TV, yeah. yeah. What was that like as opposed to, you know, Just being performing anywhere else? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't nervous, but it was like, I was thinking about it. Like the whole day I had to get up for it was just like a lot of preparation. It was different than just going out there with a lot of energy and just being a good performer. It was like you had to master that performance right there because it was live. Yeah, yeah but so. what's that backstage like? Like, oh, is, yeah, it, is that, it boring? I was with Denzel back there. I Steph know Curry crazy. back there. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. What'd you talk about with Denzel? <laughs> nah, he just telling us that he had some family from back home. Mm-hmm. You know, different man to man conversations. You know. Did you talk to Jimmy at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely told us that keep up the good work and that we had a good performance. You meet him. Is he taller than you think he is? Is he shorter than you think he is? Um, he's average height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you did you uh, get a chance to like see how everything worked like backstage? Was yeah. it busy? The Roots had a Grammy back there, oh, and sure. I'm actually Grammy nominated. I know, so. yeah, no yeah. big deal. Yeah. You know, you're on Deezer. I didn't you're Grammy think nominated. that I would <laughs> yeah. see a Grammy, and then you know, I really hope that you win a Grammy so that you can like, Man, or not I really Drake, like drank out of the Grammy. Like you need. To I was just it. talking about that. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to do that. I'm gonna put 1942 yeah. inside <laughs> the Grammy. Are you sponsored? <laughs> no, nah, no. I'm trying to be. <laughs> Is that something where, like, you already have it plotted out in your, like, apartment where it's going to sit? I got to make, I'll maybe make a room for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I might you know, start a own, my own award room after that one. <laughs> if I get that, that just means I'm going to keep going after yeah. that. <laughs> so where are you originally from? Southeast D.C. All right. And what is growing up in Southeast D.C. like? It's rough. It's yeah. challenging. Did you come from a big family? Um... I can't say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, just my mom and my grandmoms, like that. A couple uncles and aunts. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you had people looking out for you. Um. Yeah. Got people that love me. And what was your sort of like friend base out there like? Tricky. Was that? Yeah. Because like everybody don't got the same love for you that you got for them. 
Yo, you gotta know that. This is something that, like, whenever we get people from the DMV up here, they always say that now, mm-hmm. like, not when they're growing up, they say now, when they've made it to a certain level of success, it's not exactly reciprocated down there. Like, people aren't showing the same love. Do nah, you, do you feel I that mean, too? it always been like that for me because I've always been of a certain status or, you know, like, I always had something going on. So, that's just the culture of where we come from and you know it's getting better every day like it's people like me shining a light and showing things are possible that was never possible yeah. at first why do you think that is that that people might not have love for their own i mean because everybody's stuck in a certain place that they don't really want to be at you know it's hard out there it's not too big not too small either but you know you're going to bump into someone if you want to bump into them, so yeah, you know, Southeast DC is known as one of those like you know really rough neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, did you move around a lot or were a lot, you, a lot, a whole lot? I, I know. Moved every, I moved around everywhere, though, all around the city, Maryland, wherever. You know. Is that just because your mom was just like trying nah, to get that's you out? Or? I was just everywhere. You know, yeah. I was just doing my thing out there, so I was everywhere. What were you like as a kid? Oh, I was wild. You were wild? <laughs> yeah, I was wild. I was way wilder than I am right now. Wild like like running with older kids? I was running with much older kids than me. Yeah? Yeah. And what did what did you get from them? Um learning experiences. I just watched them like they didn't influence me to do anything, you know? Did they keep you from getting into more trouble than you thought you would get into? Kind of because yeah. I wasn't young-minded, you know. They taught me to think in different ways and to be on top of my game. So when you say that you weren't young-minded, do you feel like you didn't get that full, like, experience as a child because you had to grow up too quick? I mean, I wasn't. I was always focused on getting what I saw, you know. I always had a vision. So it wasn't even about being a child for me. Yeah. yeah. What was the vision? This right here. To be in so our table. Wow. Yeah, on the Upper West Side. Yeah, yeah. be yeah. talking to guys like you yeah. and to be making a lot of money. <laughs> you know, whatever that may be, just making a lot of money and making good connections with great people. Well, when did music really enter your life? Like, were you were you in band in elementary school? Was that something uh, where like nah? In, in, I you mean, were, always you were playing the tuba. Always since elementary school, I've been doing like. Um, go-go music and so go-go music was always on pots and pans. Yeah, yeah, that's what I used to do. Yeah, and I heard that you like you didn't like uh, grow up on rap. You were just like heavy into go-go. Yeah, that's it. Heavy, like I was like the first young kid in the go-go, like twelve years old. So, so middle school then. Um. Yeah. And you were not in band. You were not in chorus. Nah. None of that. Nah. What was your first job? My first job. I don't even think I ever had a job. Never. Nah, I ain't never had it. This was my first job. Crazy. Yeah. But when did you start rapping? Um, once I got in trouble. I got in trouble when I was like 15, 16 years old. So by the time I was 17, I came up with the plan. Like, man, I want to rap. Because my uncle used to rap. And he was like heavy in the streets. So he was always influencing me. When I see him with nice things, you know. Was he nice? Um, 
It was nice to me. No, no, no wait, was mic. he a nice yeah, rapper? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. an excellent rapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was an excellent rapper. No, he kind of reminded me of myself. Yeah? Yeah. So was he, like, going into the studio to record? Was he, like, gigging around town? He was gigging around town. They was doing everything in the studio. They was the big dogs of the city. But he was still local. Yeah, they was local, but they were making big moves with major artists, you know? Yeah? Like... When people, you know, it's someone in every town that's got reached to big artists, and they was those guys, you know. So he was somebody that when, like, big artists would come around, he was the go-to guy. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, him and, and his clique. And you saw that at 17 and thought, there's a future there for me? I saw it before that, but it, I lost him. So it was like, hmm. through my experiences and through that, you know, I had to find something else to do. Your father wasn't part of the picture, right? Nah, he died when I was like four months old. Um, I don't really know too much about him. I just know what I hear. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it's some good, some bad. Yeah, that's how I became the man that I am today, through him. I mean, how did that shape you, that environment? The fires. As far as your father was violently taken away. <laughs> I mean, I was born into that at right. that point. So I was like... That's what shaped me. That's what you hear my music. That's what you see. That's what you get. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like, it wasn't by choice for me. Right. Yeah, it was just like something I had to take on. By the end of high school, you're 17, you see your future as, as rapping. Is there something that you're... Your family is... Is that something your family is supportive of? Do they do they know what um, that entails? Nah, not really. Had you broached that no conversation? No one was really supportive. I was incarcerated, so it was like, only I was supportive. It was like, just uh, me and a dream, basically, at that point. But when I came home, you know, I was just getting off my ass and just putting my all into it. Catching the bus, writing raps. I was on house arrest for like a year when I came home, so after doing two years, I was still locked up for another year. So, like, you already know where my mind was at. But how do you, how do you, where does that come from inside of you to have that commitment to get up every day and put in that work knowing that, like, this is a dream. It's not, it's not something uh-huh. for certain, right? I mean, everything that we're talking about, the losses, the wins, you know, like, it's just motivation. It's like, like somebody got to be this guy that I am because look at all the stuff that we've been through. Well, what's the first? So, what's the first thing outside of house arrest that shows you that you're on the right track? Like you're like, yo, this is an actual win. Like I've gone through the depths, but this is like something that I can mm. point to and be like, you know what? I'm gonna build off of that. When I start releasing YouTube videos, of course, that's the only way that I knew like it was some there. You know, like everybody looking at me everywhere. I'm like, goddamn. So I just put out more and more and more and more. What was it about yeah. YouTube that, that made it sort of the platform to go with? Um, Because they had to see it to believe it. You know, like, they seen my grind. They seen who I was. So it was like, I was backing all that up. And did you think that it could go beyond the city at that point? Like, yeah. did you really? Yeah, because everybody, like, major artists were reaching out to me since my first video. Like who? Pusha T was the first guy to reach out to me. And what did that mean when you when you got that? It meant a lot. That's big, you yeah. know, like it was big. And then like it caught the 
like other mainstream rappers started reaching out then like while they reached out and you know like different people yo Gotti, McMill, everybody Birdman talk about your meeting with Birdman <laughs> <laughs> Birdman changed a lot with how I work and how I move you know because I always had that vision to be a guy like that and then like to see that in person is a whole different lifestyle yeah, like to see those star tattoos up in person, yeah. like you were just like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just like a movie around that guy, like right there. Just the way he conducts himself. And yeah, and the way he worked. Yeah, he worked from night to day, you know. So it's like, if a guy twice my age or like ten times my age could ten times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like, you know, you are very young. I'm 24, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. To see a guy like my father age down there to be up at 8 p.m. and don't leave to 8 p.m. the next day in the studio. It's like, and how the fuck could I sleep at that point? I got to do the same thing he's doing to get to that level. So I can't settle for less, you know? So what was the plan at that point? What the plan was just to put out YouTube videos or were you nah, making complete projects nah, at that point? I was always putting out um, bodies of work since the beginning. Like, Screech mm -hmm. Hot is Youngin' and then Law Mixtapes. I was always working, but I was like, it was easy because I was always making money and I could just give cameraman money like this, whoop -de whoop But as I leveled up, it's like, you go from a thousand dollar video to a fifty thousand dollar video. You're like, wow. All out of pocket for you? Yeah, Damn. definitely, definitely. We'll talk about um, when Awesome came out. Like I remember where I was when I first heard Awesome. I think it was through Yams. Yeah, he put a lot of people onto that song. Yeah, yeah. but like that first line, "Oh my fucking god," pulping that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's like it's the best line ever. Yeah. Like you're, I feel like you're. One of your strengths is obviously your voice, but one of your... That was my brand new Corvette, actually, in the video. <laughs> we just shipped it down to Miami, so it looked it like... You know how people rent cars in yeah, Miami? Yeah, like, yeah. that wasn't the case. Like, right. That was a paid-for, yeah. just-came-out, brand new, 2015 like mm, yeah. Corvette. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> actually awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great feeling to have that and then. I was just showing them what I was feeling like. Oh my, that's what I'm pulling up in in real life, man. And I was exciting. I was just, you know, feeling awesome to have my moment at that time. Did you know Yamsy for that or did you hear the song? Kind of. He'd been following my movement and trying to get me to be with Blackout Boys and, you know, stuff like that. How many people around the city had tried to reach out to, like, link up and be like, yo. In my city? Yeah. I mean, no one. No one. Yeah, no one. Is Not that Obama. <laughs> <laughs> no one reached out because they, they thought that you were just doing your own thing? Or did you put out word that you were just like, I'm good? They already knew that I was good. That's I think that's the thing. That Yeah, they kind of knew I was good. I mean, they always wanted to get close to me. Mm -hmm. You know, but. Because they want that credibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know how that goes. I mean, you're talking to two guys who have no credibility, so, you know, we don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I got all the credibility, man. No, but what are the spots, what are the spots down in D.C. that you would play around at? Like, what are um, some of the clubs? Were you in, like, stadium? Were you in? Yeah, I'm, all, I'm, I'm still in stadium to this day. 
I'm just, it's about to get back popping real soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really go to many clubs in DC, but I I can go anywhere. Sure. I don't really show up like that because it's like I hold a lot of value in DC. Yeah. So you can you rather you people aren't asking for walkthroughs. You can see me more on the streets regular than you will see me in the club. Is that where you want to be, or or are you looking to sort of like get that suburban spot and just sort of kick I back mean, and? We got suburban spots, <laughs> 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 but it's like you can see me out more than you will see me just inside of a club. Like some artists just pop out mm-hmm. at the club. You can see me every day mm-hmm. outside shopping. Yeah, where do you get frozen yogurt like from? <laughs> yeah, just the mall. Yeah. Like, with my son, you know, like regular, no yeah. security guy. You know, how old is your son? Three. Three. Yeah. What does he? Does he like uh, like Daniel Tiger or like Caillou or I don't know what yeah, he, he is. He like Caillou. He like. Um, does that mean that you do too? Because you gotta like nah, watch everything. Like. I watch everything, but <laughs> I, I've been watching Caillou since I was a baby. So it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I just putting him on in different things, you know. He he just started watching Little Rascals and understanding that for the f- first time now. <laughs> so he he going crazy. <laughs> like he just like he like to be a kid, you know. Yeah. Well, at, at three years old, can you see anything in him that you're yeah, like, yo, definitely. that's me? Everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. Is that a good thing? That's a good thing. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, Is he good. on these streets? Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving heavy. <laughs> Did you see Khaled? Like, uh, there's a commercial that Khaled just put out for, I think, for Beats, right? For the okay. wireless Beats. And he has his car with a matching, like, tiny car for, for a side. Yeah, yeah, I seen that. Are you doing that with the Corvette? Like, this? Yeah. yeah. We did that for his first birthday. Oh, really? Yeah, I bought him a Lamborghini because Chris Brown daughter had oh. one. <laughs> yeah. For real. <laughs> So okay. Wait, so, does your son play with other like, uh, like artist kids? Five thousand dollar kid car. Five thousand dollars. Yeah, custom shipped from LA for his first birthday. Yeah. Do you have to like insure they that? Yeah, painted and everything. Jesus. Yeah. He still got it. I don't even let him drive it. He better have <laughs> it. Like, what? <laughs> better not lose it. It's like a a gift for him. Like he's just gonna always have. Oh, I yeah. hope he appreciates that. It like yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah. At three. Yeah. At three. No, yeah. Got dirt bikes and stuff. Dirt bikes. At three. At three. Yeah. Do they have training wheels? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's let's go back to when you're like first really on your grind and you're putting out projects. Who are the DJs around town that really like take notice of what's going on? DJ Quicksilver. Is Quicksilver on the radio or is Quicksilver? Yeah, Quicksilver on the radio. I mean, salute. A lot of DJs in the city play my music. I don't really know their name off top, but salute the ones that did. And there's a lot of them that didn't. Where were you the first moment you heard your song on the radio? I don't know. I don't even know. I I can't even recall because it's like... The city has shown me so much love that it's like I've been on the radio since early on. Yeah. Before local artists was even on the radio in DC. How long do you think it took you to find your sound? Now. Still. No. Oh. I now and I got it. Now you like got it. Two thousand seventeen. Really? Yeah. So there was no song like that you thought like you know, might have hit like a couple years ago and you were like I mean, I always had my own sound. But I think I mastered it mm-hmm. this year. Like I always, like I don't sound like no one. Right. But 
it was ways to use my voice and levels and different things, you know. Like my voice matured in many ways. Mm -hmm. So So it's not like when you like talk to L O Cool J and you say like, Oh, is this your best project? And every <laughs> single time he says this is my yes, best project. Yeah. yeah. Like you actually think yes, like now. Yeah, no. Now and it's the time. Yeah. Yeah. And how about spots in, in Baltimore and Virginia that like really like took to you? Did you did you see that from the beginning or like Baltimore and Virginia, they they always show me love. I've been working with Virginia artists and Baltimore artists too. Again, paid features and just going outside my element. Like I was the artist that pull up in their neighborhood and go to their cities and go get the money and do whatever they want to do. What was your first trip to New York like? Oh, I've been coming here since I was a baby. Yeah? Yeah, I've been coming here. Because I've always been a little flat guy, so my mom always came here. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of like what you would like cop as far as shoes or like clothes, like you were always like ahead of the curve, you think? Yeah, my mom trained me well yeah. for that. Yeah. And now your son is super, super ahead of the curve. Super. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what I love about you is that you work with a lot of um, young and unknown artists. Mm -hmm. um, like one Until of our. Until they get known. Yeah, then you stop. Then it's like. And then it's they like, stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of our favorite songs uh, is Young Money, the one that you do with Young Yo. Money On. Mm -hmm. Like, so talk good. about, like, how did you meet Young Money On? It Was that through Pusha? Yeah. That was through Pusha? Yeah. That was Pusha. Lil Homie. Yeah. They were coming to the city and the clubs with me and, you know, just good vibes. Yeah. And then, you know, he said, I got a record for you. And I, I like the record a lot. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be real. Uh... And then, you know, we just put it together. And who was it at 300 who took an initial interest in you? Everybody. Kevin Lyles came to my door. Well, did that? I meant. Kevin Lyles came to my door, but Kevin Lyles came to the studio, actually, <laughs> but late at night, like, very late at night. He was just in Baltimore kicking it, like, I got to meet this kid. He came there, like, 1, 2 in the morning, like, in a dark studio, like, kicking it with me a few hours. Then he left, you know. I didn't know if he liked it or not, you know, like. I ain't really, I wasn't really caught up around that, but I knew, like, the importance of the situation and who I was in the building with. You knew who so, he was? Yeah, yeah, it was, like, major situation for me. Did he show up by himself? Yeah. Yeah. That was G. Yeah. So, I always respected him. And you knew he was from Baltimore? That, since that day. I always, I, I, when I was in jail and I wanted to rap, I, I always been, like, a knowledgeable young man, so... I, always, I read the whole Quran, I read the Bible, I read a lot of books, you know, it's just about life and people don't know these things. And I read a lot of hip hop books when I wanted to rap. So that's how I know like a lot about music that people don't even think I know. And I read a book about Kevin Lyles when I was um, incarcerated. Really? So I, I was already up on him kinda, I, I kinda knew who he was and what he did, what he stood for. So I knew who I was in the building with. Then a couple days later, I'm on the four-wheel and I break my leg, break my foot, actually. And then I'm in bed, I'm like, they, they told me that they wanted me to come here for a meeting, so I couldn't make it. Leo came to me 
you know, he came to my front door. I'm laid up in the bed. <laughs> like, man, I got a sign, you whoop, you whoop. I'm like, damn. And then uh, his whole appearance and, you know, just <laughs> everything, it was just like a movie, how he showed up at my door, taller than the door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, whoa, He's man. He's got to be even taller because you're laid out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so it was pretty exciting for me. And then he just came with one person, too, so it was like, Oh, he wow. does. Yeah, he doesn't. They security. really, yeah. You know, they re- they really um, they saw they, it. Yeah, they really wanted to take a chance on what I had going on. And what did what did they tell you that they could do at three hundred for you? They told me um, that they just wanted to be in partnership with me. They told me that basically they told me it would be going however that I have a way that I make it go. You know, like. I'm independent. I got distribution with 300, so it's like they they feed off the vibe that I bring. You know what I'm saying? Like we all got to be working. We all got to do a part. And uh, you know, did any other labels reach out to you before that? Oh yeah, everyone. They was like the last people. Really? Uh huh. And you heard because I wasn't out. doing no deals. Like That's I, what you told I had everybody. my mind made up. Yeah, it didn't even matter what was on the table for me. It was just like. I wasn't ready to be in them predicaments. I didn't really have a team and, you know, it just wasn't, I wasn't trying to move that fast. So just to put it into perspective, everything that theoretically a record label could do for you, mm-hmm. you could already do for yourself, right? Not quite. Not quite. Now, I feel like that. Right. But at that point, maybe not. We had money and I had like, I was around older people, and I w- and I was doing my thing too. So I was like, "Well, that's everything that a record label gives you—just money I and old that, people." Not, not, not. Just the connections in the area that I come from. You know, like we don't know too much about music. Like even if you read up on it, you see it every day. It's like you still don't know until you in it. Mm-hmm. So I—that's why I'm who I am today because I didn't have so many pieces to my puzzle and I had to figure out the hard way each time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like people don't, everyone can't last this long without them tools that I ain't have, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. When you were considering signing to them, like, so Lior comes to your house and... And then I, I just had to think about it, you know? Yeah. Were you like I had to sit on I seen it on paper, you know, and I had a good lawyer in my corner too. So it was like You should have asked for something like impossible, like fix my foot. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he could have did it. He could have did it. But it was just like I ain't want too much. And you know, like I I feel, I feel like they got that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't need a million dollar contract. I ain't need it. Like you just I wanted really someone to work just as hard as you would. Yeah, and I needed, like, I own everything. Like, I own all my rights, all my masters, my pub, my everything, you know? So it's like, I can't ask for more. People don't get them type of situation these days. So so they show you the love that you want to Yeah, for know, sure. They, they gave me the deal that I wanted. And what's the first thing that you end up doing with them? Um, well, Law 3. Was that the listening party that we went to at Engine Room? Law 3. And, like, drama came through. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of excitement around mm-hmm. that. And That was a big project. Yeah, Young yeah. Company, 
checks out. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, it felt like you were a priority for them. Mm-hmm. Did you think with that project you were out of here? Were you like, yo, like I'm with the team right now? And yeah, it was a lot of good energy in the building that day. I had um, GS9 in there. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people in there. And then just like the people that, like you said, always been working with everyone so early on. So it's like, I don't think people see that in me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't see that I got a real ear for it or, like, I'm a real go-getter. Well, that's, and that's probably three years ago at this point, maybe? Yeah. Or four? Yeah, I'm executive producing all this. So, like, I'm putting all this into play by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, like, the naggy guy that just, like, asking these guys for features. Like, some people asking me for features. It's just, like, let's work. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like, so organic. I feel like it's just right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even work with people. I don't really like their music or they work. Or I don't know, like, it's something in them, you know? So, well, how many times do you reach out to somebody? Because you said you don't nag. Like, how many times do you reach out to somebody? Um, I don't even think I reach out to anyone at this point. I reached out to Meek a few times to hop on a record or... You know, um, I really want a future record, mm. but no, nah, I don't really. Were you with I don't really like ask people for records? Were you with like trading verses? Yeah, I always been in the studio with a lot of these guys. Like I had Young Thug and Pee Wee Longway on my project first. You know, like before they got hot, and this was just like us hanging in the trap, like the real trap. Mm-hmm. Like. Before any of us, like I, of course I had, I was growing before them, but it was like they, they from a, they from where's where's going down at, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like I was in their territory, and I was just like a regular guy at that point, and then to see so much potential in them and where they are today is a good thing. You know, I had Migos on my drink, Kevin Gates, Dobie. Um, young boy on my last tape before he blew up. Just everybody. How do you find new music? It ain't really new music for me. These guys, they like, they be with me and they like, I got relationships with them before they reach that point. You know, like, there's a lot of people. I see stuff in people that other people don't see. So when people see that I see it, that's when they get on it. Mm-hmm. And then they discredit me. I didn't get that from me. Are you afraid to like, you know, like something on Instagram or like something on nah, Twitter and people nah. will be like, oh, they, see they, what I it know is. that's the game now. Yeah. So I was like, you're going to like it anyway. <laughs> you see who I follow, you see who I, what I wear, whatever, you know. like Who do you, you follow? Do <laughs> oh, no, nah, I just follow myself. Yeah. Yeah, I follow the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A Waste of Time with It's The Reels 12 Days of Podcast has been brought to you by the great people at Def Jam Recordings who have consistently dropped the best projects this whole holiday season. Christmas is tomorrow. So for all the very, very, very last minute shoppers, here's the cheat code. Get your loved ones copies of the following albums and celebrate the end of 2017 the right way. 
loudly. Jeezy's new album, Pressure, featuring T Grizzly and 2 Chains and Puff Daddy and Rick Ross and Kodak Black and YG, and of course, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar on my favorite track, American Dream, is available now on every streaming service. And if you go to jeezyshop.com, you can pick up some awesome merch bundles so you can properly rep the snowman. Fab and Jada's collaborative album, Friday on Elm Street, is everything we expected and more from two of New York City's elite MCs. Combine that with production by Swiss Beats and friend of the podcast Ted Smooth on that legendary intro and it's a must get. Vinyl is back in vogue and if you're really about impressing your girl, get her a vinyl copy of Janae Aiko's new album Trip which features the amazing songs Sativa and When We Were Young. And finally, show off your worldliness and pick up Jesse Boykins III's new album Bartholomew which was the talk of this year's Art Basel. With features from Sid, Trinidad James, and friends of the podcast, Melanie Fiona and Bridget Kelly, it's a must-listen. Merry Christmas to you all, celebrate responsibly, and spread love this holiday season. From your guys, it's The Real and the great people at Def Jam Recordings. When that project dropped three or four years ago, were you like, yo, I, I see what the success is right around the corner? Or were you like, this is just step one, and I, I'm a very patient person, and I'm willing to like see this through very patient person very very patient person. did you have did you have a patient team around you because um, i bet there's a lot of people at home who are we just didn't like, really have a team at that point no team nah we were just doing this straight out the mud i remember at that listening party there were like a bunch of your friends playing dice and leor was very confused <laughs> yeah that that's what type of guy that's yeah. my team right there yeah, yeah. that sound like my team yeah yeah so like, right all wins no loss but now we we at a different point now yeah you know it's like next step you know it's not like we do that when, when we got millions of dollars and we can just right to afford that backstage to just do that yeah. you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. Saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah so it's like learning experiences so how do you go from how do you go from that listening party and that project to touring around the country mm -hmm. like who is the one who reaches out and is like yo i want to book you here and also have you gotten fraudulent like have you seen the fraudulent bookings like yeah and God. where it's like i'm not playing in tempe arizona yeah, <laughs> yeah. that been a couple of times we had that really sure. yeah I think every artist had that. Well, only because I keep photoshopping flyers <laughs> that keep saying that you're playing Tempe, Arizona. That'd be so dope if you like actually showed up at that venue that you were not supposed not to be supposed at. Not supposed to be. Yeah, at. and just collected that money anyway, and then put on a show. It'd be great. I mean, sometimes money don't really be even be involved, so it'd be a scam. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. You know, but the greater scam is you proving that it was is not a scam. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, a scam. yeah. yeah. Wait, so, I wish it was like that though. So who are the who are the people who like really bring you out and what cities were supporting like relatively early then? I've been down south a lot early. Mm -hmm. That's how you, that's how I really connected with a lot of artists that I'm telling you like wasn't really artists back then mm -hmm. because it was like they they knew how I was moving and they knew like they, that was already they dream, you know. I'm I'm just really living they dream and I'm you know, it was just fun to me, so it was like they was coming to me like with a passion. So that's what I seen and that's why I put them on records and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you saw crowds react down there too? Um yeah, definitely. All my shows really been sold out for the most part. Mm. Yeah, I had some good shows. And then like college schools always got me early on too, like 
always been in that system, like schools booking me and stuff yeah. like that. Which yeah, colleges in particular? Everyone. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Um, what's one of the most turned up joints we've been to? A college. Nah. No, okay. not by far. <laughs> not Definitely by not far. giving them shine, okay. <laughs> not by far. That was a turned out one, but it's not. We've been everywhere, you know, like, I've done frat parties, I've done everything. I love the college, so it's like, the energy there is just different and safe, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like. Do you think it's because you're so close in age? Yeah, definitely. But I think they just like good music in general, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you still close out your shows with Awesome, or? Did you like throw or, it in the or sometimes just, I open them. You open with it, so it could just be lit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like going crazy, and then you know everything feed off that. I got a nice catalog that like that real fans know. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that Crewverse, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what like, I, that's what I close the show with mm. now, because it's like that's off the roof. Yeah, like what? the videos that I've seen of you performing that. Mm-hmm. And your son came out for one of them, I saw. Yeah, that's his favorite. <laughs> that's his favorite song. You know, talk about how um, Goldlink and Brent made most of that song together, I think, right? And then you came in later? Yeah. I came in, um, they already had it together, I guess, so. I mean, not all the way together, like, you still had to go. I don't know what they really wanted to do with it, but I guess someone reached out to Benny. That's my guy on my team. And they told him, um, yo, send this record to Shaw, see what he want to do with it. I mean, people know me for, like, this laid-back style and, you know, just, you hear my voice, is just so laid-back. So it was a smooth song. And I, I don't know if they thought that I would do that on there. <laughs> and, you know, like, I just, the way I heard it was different. I heard it to be where it's at today. Yeah, I knew that. The energy that I was bringing, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring the song up. And I, like, I ain't just want to play it for my chicks. I just wanted <laughs> to play it. I wanted to play it for grandma, everyone, you know, like. But how dope is it that, my guys. Like, you were so trusting of where you heard it? It was a it, great song. Yeah. Like, the melody and the vocals and even everything that them guys sang on there. It's just like. It was different for me, and you know, like I get into a certain vibe when I hear certain things, and it's like I did my verse in ten minutes. It was just like a nonstop verse for me. It was just that easy because it was, it was like that's what I was. I just now came from doing all of these things, and I just put it in my verse. Well, what's the longest that a verse has taken you? I I come back to a verse if I don't, if I can get it, you know, like. I can work on a verse for five minutes to five days. It's mm. just like really the vibe. So after you send your verse in, what do they say? And how oh, long I do you that, take? I send that right back. I did it. Yeah. Soon as they gave it to me, and I sent it right back. And they were like, "This is amazing," or "Yeah, we're gonna run with this," or did it just sort of sit there? Yeah, they went crazy. <laughs> Everybody went crazy. So did you play it for people too? Like yeah, around you? I played it every day until it came out. Yeah. I already knew that was special. Mm. It sounded like Easy E modern day. You know, so it's like I love Easy E. Mm-hmm. And it's like it just means so much to me. 
Who played Easy for you for the first time? I was a kid. When I didn't even know when I was still just strictly go go. There's this guy on my block named Sonny. And um I had to be like six, seven years old. He was a rapper, actually. He's one of my influences too. And um just I used to be with his nephews a lot. Like them was like my best friends. They used to live across the alley from me. So we used to go across the alley, go in there, you know, jump on the bed, play wrestling, watch wrestling. <laughs> but upstairs is something totally different going on. Mm-hmm. It's their uncle with a home-built studio mm. with, like, this easy, it's, it's not DVDs at this point. It's only VHS. So they got the easy E VHS, <laughs> put it in, you know what I'm saying? And this the one where... um. He dissing Snoop Dogg and Dr. J. Yeah. And they got the documentary going on. And, you know, we we young, but we understand. Just like my son, three years old. So about seven years old, it was like everything was soaking in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I already know just the lifestyle I come from. But then these were some West Coast guys. And then it's a, a little guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he cool. He like one of the coolest guys in the world to me at that point. Yeah. Because I ain't seeing rap. I don't know nothing about it. It's just like, go-go people ain't at the shows with stuff out and, you know, like, showing violence. It's just like, it's violence happening, but amongst us. Mm-hmm. Not really with the musicians. So if I'm, I'm seeing musicians like this, and it's just like, it's influencing me. And we, we looking at this tape almost every day while we that young and we um we learn this song and then i learned this that song the this and you know it i became a big fan ever since then but i don't think like i was just constantly listening to easy e after that but that was just a big point in my life that influenced me and stuck with me forever did you hold those grudges against snoop and dre like for a while like I don't think I actually knew at that like <laughs> at that young in time until I got older. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my like. It's still one of my favorite songs to this day. When when Jay and Nas went at each other, like we like chose sides, and there was mm-hmm. like no reason why we should have. It's not like you know one guy was like yeah. you know our best friend and the other wasn't. We were just like uh, fuck uh-huh. Nas, and we're never gonna listen to Nas again. And for yeah, I always been a big fan of Nas. <laughs> I always been a big fan of Nas because he's just like a laid back guy like me and humble smooth guy mm-hmm. that's like definitely one of the biggest guys that i want to work with too mm. yeah has has this new project opened up a lot of people's minds to you that you didn't expect yeah because of all the hype that's around me right now mm-hmm. so it's just like i'm just here to live up to that right now I'm here to prove my point and do you also get a lot of um communication from people from high school who were like yo we see what you're doing now for sure for sure (laughs) but they ain't see it back then so right like you don't even return those nah i don't think so what was your high school team name i don't know i went to so many high schools. i went to dc school maryland school every school to no schools (laughs) you know so i had to end up getting my ged oh yeah you didn't cross the stage yeah I got my GED because I was incarcerated for so long. Mm-hmm. You got your GED while you were locked up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I was going to go to college, but it's like I just put my full focus into this. 
Mm. What would you have gone to college for? Maybe business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may still go. Really? Yeah, I got to get a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, college is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before I go, I got to make sure my son can go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there a, a different level of energy at 300 now that you have for all sure. this momentum behind for you? For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there better fucking be. Are you kidding? I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> A lot more incoming calls now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what is what has Kevin meant to your career overall? A lot, because he's just been so supportive. You know, like I'm forever grateful. And, and do you know, like, obviously, you know his history with mm-hmm. Def Jam, and you know all those amazing artists that were under the Def Jam label. Um, have you had conversations on like? how he handled their path versus how you might handle yours mm-hmm. for sure yeah because they tell me all the time that's what he's seeing me like he tell me that he don't see me nothing and no other artist that he's seeing me and when he say that i know he mean it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like he might work with a million people but it's like he know i'm special yeah you know what was it like when Leor left 300 for for YouTube? Or are we just telling you now? Haven't seen him at the office lately. Yeah, Leor is still that's still my guy. So you know, like he gave me this opportunity. So it's like you know, it is what it is. We always gonna be close wherever you go. Yeah. Um, we just saw Wale uh, the other day mm-hmm. um, at Henny Palooza, and you know Wale is trying to convert us into like wrestling fans. We could give a shit about wrestling. Yeah. Um, just being honest, just just grew up not watching wrestling, didn't care. Um, but you watched wrestling. Do you still watch wrestling? Do you care about wrestling? I watched wrestling when I was like very young, so it's like I don't know shit about wrestling. <laughs> oh, you're with us. I don't yeah. know anything. No wrestlers these days. I was trying to take my son to the toy store the other day. I ain't know who to get him. I was like, I only gonna get him in even one of these. <laughs> so it's like, I don't really think wrestling is that popping anymore. Oh, don't tell it to Wale. Yeah. He's gonna be very upset. That's on Wale. That's how you. Do. <laughs> that's on Wale. <laughs> Prepping for the Grammys now. That's that's February. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. January. January. This is wild. That's yeah. crazy. That's early. Yeah. January twenty sixth. Are you ready for it? Are you, like, do you know what you're going to wear? Do you know how you're going to, like... Everyone keeps asking me the yeah. same question. Yeah. Every day people ask me what you go with to the Grammys. <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm sorry. What was it like when you got the I phone call know. that you were nominated? Um, And wh- who made that call? I got a lot of texts. I think I always slept. I've been <laughs> in the studio a long, long days and long nights lately. So it's like, I just woke up to a bunch of texts. Were you but the confirmation, yeah, definitely <laughs> confused. I didn't even believe it. Um, I just went online, you know, that's where everything is. And I seen it. And I'm just like, yeah, wow. Ever you since know? then, have you, like, referred to yourself as Grammy nominated? Nah. You should. Not at all. You should. <laughs> yeah. uh, everyone else can, but <laughs> I kind of think that's kind of corny to be like, Nah. No, it's like no. Every cr- single thing you sign, yeah. Everybody like, gonna put it in their bio, like 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your son is the producer. son of Grammy nominated Shaq Lizzie. Nah. Yeah, every time you like sign like a restaurant. If I get bill, one though, it's going I'm going crazy. I'm yeah. letting them know right now. Oh. Don't let me get one. Yo, yo. <laughs> oh, Grammy man. winner, Shaq Lizzie not performing tonight in Tempe, Arizona. That's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't get the Grammy chain. <laughs> <laughs> So your project's out, I mean, but putting it together, you know, having this, the weight of Grammy nominated on you, did that change your mindset in putting, putting the project together? Um, nah, I, I stay grounded at all times. I feel like I don't really get excited about too much anymore, you know, cause that's what I, that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I, it's just like I'm knocking walls down. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm at right now. I'm like the hawk. <laughs> That's my mentality. The hawk. No, mm-hmm. Hulk. Oh, Hulk. Hulk yeah. or Hulk? Hulk, hulk. Okay. Like the green. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Oh, the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like, you know, not like the flying. Bird. Yeah, the yeah. No, we're not I'm saying, like yeah. that hawk, too. <laughs> I'm like evil one. So <laughs> everyone interpret that. Yeah. Have you talked to Birdman since you met him that one time? Um. Speaking of hawks and birds. Hmm. It's a good connection, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on, we're Once or twice. Once or twice? Once or twice. Yeah, what was that like? I really feel like, you know, once you ain't with something, it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. you ain't with that, so. Yo, we, so we've been around for 10 years, right? We meet a lot of people. We go to, like, a ton of different things, and you meet mm-hmm. a lot of people. And honestly, like, some people have to introduce themselves, like, a second or third time for us to really, like, mm-hmm. get in. Do you get that same thing too? Like, do people expect that you'll remember them? Now, I'm not saying they have to be famous. I'm just saying, like, people come up and they're like, yo, we met at this thing. And you're like, what? That's, I, ain't, I don't really meet people like that, really, because it's like, I'm very standoffish or reserved person, unless it's like my fans or, you know, like, they run into me again. We just take a picture again. We just chop it up again. But it's not like, they ain't going to know me or, like, hold them type of conversations with me. I'm not that type of guy. I don't, I don't really make friends. It's just, like, me and my crew, them and their crew. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's why I ain't really never got with anything. Because I feel like we stand alone. Even within the music industry? Within the music industry. I ain't never have to link with anyone. Mm. But do you build? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Do you connect? Yeah. Um... Not well. Okay. <laughs> Not well. Do, are you open with giving your phone number out to other artists? No. Yeah. You're like, you could just but DM I, me. If I mess with them. Yeah. I ain't like no stuck up dude like that. You don't got to DM me. Mm-hmm. If you're an artist, we try to make music. We're going to swap numbers or swap records, however we do. Or get in the studio. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. I don't like to send music. It's are you always in the studio? To, yeah, always. No matter what. So if people want to find you, you'll be in the studio I'll more often studio, than not. Yeah. What's the address to your studio? <laughs> <laughs> What's the address here? <laughs> so when when the the awesome remix was put together, was that all in the studio? Because that's with Rocky and no, with no, actually Trey Songz and Chris Brown was supposed to do that. Really? But I kind of like I sh- I kind of shot it down. You shot it down? Yeah. I had That's fat guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I wasn't what I w- I was with three hundred then. That was I wasn't with three hundred when I released Awesome, but mm-hmm. the remix it was kind of like my decision. Mm-hmm. Yams wanted Rocky to get on it, mm-hmm. so it even mean more now 
that he even put it together. Mm-hmm. He, so that was all. That was like ASAP Yams that did that. He put Rocky on it and sent me these videos of him and Rocky in the studio. And um, Two Chains is my favorite artist been since Play a Circle. Same. Like at least my top five. So like I'm, I've been on him and Dollar since way back, and like supply on demand and like what Flight Three Sixty. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite like trap album of all time, and like it mean a lot to me because you know I was out here active to the artist and to have him want to be on that song. I even had Fab on there. Mm. I still got the verse, you know. I ain't never released it. But Why not? I don't know. I should have released two remixes. It was just, like I said, I just it's always It's not too been, late. It ain't <laughs> too late. But it's like, I always been doing so much on my own. Yeah. You know, it's like, some things just been like, my decision It just, that's it. Is there you such know? thing as putting out too much music? Nah, no way. No way. But I believe in making content and things for people to remember me by while I'm in the spotlight that I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, your your new single with A Boogie and Trey Songs just came out. Mm-hmm. Did you know A Boogie beforehand? Like, you're talking about yeah. how you, how you you know, fuck with artists that you fuck with. Yeah, I knew A Boogie beforehand. I've been to A Boogie shows. Um, been in the studio with A Boogie a few times. Before A Boogie was hot, I was up here in New York with him. How'd you find him? I'm always on was hot. Mm. I'm always on what's hot, so it's like I'm always in the streets too. I ain't like the famous rapper. I feel like I never went mainstream up until this day. I never been to a war show. The Grammys, my first thing. You're about to be. Yeah, so it's like I ain't never really take those steps that a mainstream artist will usually take. I always stay down into my time, and like I'm, I got my ear to the streets, and I'm. I got people around me in the streets, and A Boogie was hot in the streets in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, I got people in New York. I got in the studio with him a few times, and he came to D.C. a few times for me. Me, him, and Trey Songz been in the studio prior to that, but we didn't make that record then. But, you know, it's just rap vibes, you know, like creating those vibes and what's that process like are you in there to play him records and he's in there to play you records and you just sort of like see what's up yeah or i more so make records from scratch like me and trey songs made that record in la um a boogie wasn't in la man a boogie had our own relationship and he wanted to get on take me away and i told him look i got this for you mm. you know i feel like it was a great balance a Boogie like the new cool guy that the ladies like. Trey Song's a legend in that field, so it only made sense. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about a serious situation, and I come on there and hold it down for my, you know, like where I come from. Well, yeah, and what does Southeast DC mean to you right now? Like, and and what is what do you want for your part of town? Um, I want to rebuild it and, you know, reinvent it and be a big part of the history in the next few years. You know, just my specific part. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah, fuck the rest. <laughs> no, nah, it ain't like fuck the rest, but I always scratch that point. Like, we always been down for so long. Like, people call us dirty and just like, 
you know, put us down for so long. Like we ain't we ain't come from like everywhere in the city of struggle, but it's also a lot of good parts mixed in with you know every other part of the city. Like Southeast is like really no good parts. If it makes sense, like everything really originated from that part of the city. But it's like even with my music, it's like I'm so everyone feed from a certain place, but overlook it at the same time, or like they don't overlook it, they just discredit it. And I feel like that's the same thing with where I come from. So I'm already used to this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you call me dirty, but you take you talk how I talk. But you from the suburbs, you know what I'm saying? Or you want to walk like this, or you want to do this, or be, you know, like, we ain't choose to be gangsters over there. Like, it's just like, that's what it is over there. Like, you could just walk walk into some, a dangerous situation, just walking out your house. It ain't just like, we driving on the other side of the town to be beefing and like, you know, like, we facing odds every day. We're seeing tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. So, what part of the plan at 17 was the Grammys? Like, did you even... Never. Yeah. Never. Couldn't have envisioned a day when you woke up to all those texts? No, I couldn't envision that. Some, someone um, told me, like... I mean, a couple of people spoken into existence. Like, what a crew was nominated for a Grammy or crew need to be nominated for a Grammy. And then it's just like... You know, I don't really get caught up in awards and that, that type of stuff. I don't do it for that. I just do it for my family and, you know, my personal and accomplishments come with it. Mm. You know, when, you, when you're when not even focused on those type of things, that's when everything catch you by surprise, really. You know, that's when everything falls into place. Mm. Everybody that just want to be, like, hot and popping right now is just, like, go ahead and be popping. <laughs> you know, like. What you gonna do with it? Mm. I'm saying you can't put in like years of work to get to this level. Even if you're around me or you're around man, whoever, Drake, it don't matter who you're around. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta put in work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of upcoming collaborations, you've got Denzel, you've got Steph Curry, uh-huh. you've got Caillou. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait till we get that Denzel skit. <laughs> yeah, we won't get there. Yeah, but Davies, a Boogie Trey song, um, three Glizzy, thirty Glizzy, Cool Glizzy, mm-hmm. DF Jizzle, <laughs> um, Bigger Ranking, of course, OG Bigger Ranking, mm-hmm. and you know me, Young Hefe. Yeah, that's it. I don't really do features like that anymore. The records mean so much to me that it's just like, send me a record <laughs> and let me put my story on it. Yeah, well, congratulations on, on everything. It's really a remarkable run, and, and uh, you made it from having that broken foot to standing on two good feet, you know what I'm saying? Definitely a blessing. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming through. I appreciate it. Of course.
Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us, I'm Eric. You're Jeff. I'm the one with curly hair. You're the one with glasses. Together, we are better known as It's The Real. One word, no apostrophe, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast of ours, where there's over 160 episodes, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out where they can go get tickets for our upcoming live show at SOB's this January 10th, where can they go? You can always buy tickets to our upcoming SOB show at itsthereal.com I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L you can always search for our old episodes and our new ones over at iTunes search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real we are also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash A Waste of Time people stop asking us to get Dave East from the podcast he's already been on he's been on guys stop asking for Cardi B on the podcast she's already been on she's been on stop asking for DJ K-Slay on the podcast he's already been on we have so many episodes just go back Stop asking for the old people. <laughs> you want our old shit? Go listen to our old That's shit. That's right. Um, you can always listen to our music. We have an album out, which is called Teddy Bear Fresh. Find that on any streaming service, including Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Apple Music, Tidal, whichever streaming service you prefer. It is there. Search for it, and you will find it. Shout out to Audio Mac as well. You can always find us on Twitter at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real. We are also on Snapchat at It's It's The Real and Twitch at It's The Real, It's The Real. Jeff, as you stated earlier, the goal for 2018 is to double our audience. We've doubled every year so far. Let's double it one more time. So if you guys can spread the word to your friends, family, and fans, we would really appreciate that. We know the time and effort that we've put into this podcast, and we think that we have a very bright future for it, and we know you guys support us. So spread the word on this podcast. We know it starts with us. Jeff, who do you want to shout? I want to shout out Curve Gotti on Twitter. Curve Gotti, who enjoyed the Upscale Vandal episode. He's also listened to a ton of other episodes. He doesn't follow us on Twitter. But, Damn. But Damn. He is from D.C., yeah. and so, I mean, whatever. He doesn't follow us. We don't follow him. Like, you know, you know I'm not going to get mad at him that's about true. that. But he is uh, he's in D.C., and so I figured he would like the Shy Glizzy episode as well. Shout out to Curve so, Gotti. Shout out to Curve Gotti. And, hey, Curve Gotti, spread the word. Whether you follow us or not, spread the word about the podcast. We would much appreciate that. Jeff, I want to shout out our friend Joe Mandy. Joe Mandy. Another veteran of this podcast. Go check out that episode with our friends Joe Mandy and Anise Ansari. It's one of the early episodes. Joe is a great friend of ours, a great dude, and did you know, Jeff, his award-winning comedy album is now available on vinyl? You mean the album that he put and he titled it himself? Yes. Joe Mandy's award-winning comedy album. That's the one. That is now on sale on vinyl? It is. It's on sale on vinyl. You can go order it on Amazon.com right now, for instance. Also, shouts to Netflix, who made that special into a wonderful experience for your viewing pleasures. You can go check that out on Netflix.com. It was an award-winning experience for me. And you know what? We were there in person at Highline Ballroom to see it happen live. Yes, all of Joe's jokes about ISIS. (laughs) Joe's jokes about ISIS always kill. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Joe Mandy. Shout out to Joe Mandy's award-winning comedy album now available on vinyl. If you have a record player, go play that. Even if you don't have a record player, just, it's art. Buy it and frame it and never listen to it. (laughs) Right. It is just great to look at, you know? It's award-winning. It's an award-winning piece of art that you can stick on your wall. Shout out to Joe Mandy. Shout out to Kylie. Shout out to their two dogs. Yes. What is it? Sanford and Blanche. 
Blanche. That's right. Yeah. Shout out to Sanford and Blanche. Guys, we so appreciate you listening week in and week out and day in and day out. More great content on the way from your boys in For Real. As always, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. This episode of the 12 Days of Podcast has been sponsored by the good people of Def Jam, who have dropped Jeezy's Pressure on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Pandora, and on JeezyShop.com. Go get some merch. Go cop some tickets to his Cold Summer Tour with T Grizzly. Go write a million Instagram comments on how you hope Jeezy's coming to perform in Brazil. Jeezy's got some amazing features on his album. And Jesus, we did this 12 Days of Podcast we had everybody from Peter Rosenberg to T Grizzly to, I mean, just go back to our SoundCloud page. Go check them all out. A million guests, a million Def Jam ads. We were happy to do it. We'll see you next year.